Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Whether you're the casual hockey observer or the epitome of a rapid Hawks fan, Blackhawks Live answers all your questions. It's just been a good sign this year that they all seem to be having fun, getting along, and working hard. I love those three things together. Joe Brand delivers the news, notes, and everyday gossip from the Madhouse on Madison. Here's Joe Brand. Another well-timed Blackhawks Live Where typically Monday nights, we got pushed to a Tuesday night this week because the Blackhawks played last night. And oh boy, did they play. A 5-0 shutout over the Ottawa Senators. The Hawks with two shutouts this season, both of them for Alex Stalock. The first one came against the Arizona Coyotes. Nothing too much to chalk up about it. But last night, it was a team-friendly victory. Everybody pitching in. Saw Seth Jones with a couple of goals. His first multi-goal game. As a Chicago Blackhawk, four goals in his last three games. He's been heating up offensively, but also some flashes of brilliance from some of the youngsters that we're really honing in on in terms of the Blackhawks' rebuild. A few of the new guys pitching in, one of them being Anders Bjork, and then Alex Stalock, and really one of his first games since coming back from injured reserve. His first game back was... Actually, against Arizona as well. That was on the road, but that was the day Patrick Kane got traded, and there was just so much going on at that point. So great to see Alex Stalock have a superb night like he did last night. And the Hawks sweep the series against the Ottawa Senators, believe it or not, a playoff-hungry team. The second-hottest team in the NHL came into the United Center last night and got cooled off by your Chicago Blackhawks. This is Blackhawks Live. I'm Joe Brand. Jack Heinrich is our producer. Kaylee Chelios is going to be joining us after the 7.30 news, and we've got a lot to talk about. Again, I say it every week that it seems like every show we either have a ton to talk about or we're trying to pile up together everything that we can uh, comment on for the Blackhawks past week. Luckily, last night was a very good game a 5 nothing shutout over Ottawa at home at the United Center and it it piggybacked off of a good performance against the Nashville Predators over the weekend and keep in mind these are the first two games post trade deadline and I think there was a a whole lot of concern of what type of team we would see against the Nashville Predators on Saturday just with so many new pieces so many things to figure out but they really had a solid game against Nashville. The score won't tell you that, but two empty net goals towards the end of the contest don't tell the story of what type of game it was. We saw some consistent passing. We saw some chemistry going on with all these new guys. And I do think a reason of that is adrenaline might be one, but another is just the fact that a lot of these guys are in the same position in terms of fighting for a spot, whether it's this year Next year, with the Blackhawks, with a different team. And I do think that that can be a good recipe for continuing this competitive hockey that the Blackhawks have been for the most part of the season. Again, I know they've got the second least points in the NHL. Granted, this is the first year of a rebuild. We are putting value on losses. But what the Hawks are trying to do is walk this line all year long of being competitive, being entertaining, being interesting, 
And if you don't win that many games, that's okay. It's very hard to find a coach that can maintain that and continue that all year long, but so far I feel like Kyle Davidson has knocked it out of the park with the hiring of Luke Richardson because this is a very unique hire, and this is something that we were talking about in the last broadcast. With the Blackhawks looking for a new head coach, like other teams were, it's it's a really unique spot to become the head coach for the Chicago Blackhawks in the first year of a rebuild. Because you've got to handle a bunch of different things. And it's it's not like any old job where, oh, just go out there and try to win as much as you can. No. What you're trying to do is pull out the best possible hockey you can from a roster that's, on paper, not as good as the other teams. And that is by design. But the players don't go for a rebuild. The coaching staff doesn't go for a rebuild. That's the front office's job. That's the organization's job. It's the coach's job to get the players ready each and every night. It's the player's job to be ready each and every night. But a whole lot of losing can wear on a team. And that has happened. We've seen some losing stretches. We've seen some rough games. But for the most part, this team has continued to stay competitive. And now it's a new-look team. There's no Jonathan Taves right now. There's no more Patrick Kane. There's no more Max Domi, Sam Lafferty, Jake McCabe. Those are big pieces that are no longer on this Hawks team. But what do they do? They beat the second-hottest team in the NHL last night in the Ottawa Senators 5-0. And we're not going to overblow this win because I get it. It's one game. And any given night, especially in the sport of hockey, any team can beat any team. The Senators head coach, DJ Smith, said all the right things at morning skate yesterday. He was not counting the Blackhawks out. He was not taking them for granted. He basically said everything I just said. The fact that they played competitive against Nashville. They've got a lot of guys fighting for a spot. This isn't a team you can sleep on right now. The Senators' players might have had a different approach. You can't say that wholeheartedly. They outplayed the Hawks in the first period. They outshot them 11-3, but Hawks had the only goal. The other thing that worked in the Hawks' favor, too, was Mad Sogard did not have a great game, the Ottawa Senators' goaltender. He may have been a little tweaked after the Hawks scored, I believe it was their third goal, crashing in towards the net. He went down onto the ice. The trainer came out because they didn't have Cam Talbot and they didn't have their backup goaltender. So the only other available goaltender was Scott Foster. Now, it sounds like the other goaltender that the Ottawa Senators had did make it to the United Center somewhere around in between the first and second period. That's what I heard through the grapevine. But that's still a tough spot to just throw him on the ice. And any other situation when you've got a second goaltender ready, Sogard gets pulled in that after that third goal. But all DJ Smith could do is call a timeout. Now, you got to give credit to the Blackhawks for taking advantage of their opportunity. They had a couple of rushes, on-man rushes that they took full advantage of. Great goal from Lucas Reichel. We'll talk about him in a moment. And Anders Bjork with three assists tonight. Well, last night. And he matches the amount of assists he had in the previous three years. But he clearly has his best game as a Blackhawk. This is a guy that Kyle Davidson picked up from Buffalo for future considerations. Basically nothing. And yes, it is one great game by Anders Bjork. 
But I do see a continuing theme with Anders Bjork, Sam Lafferty, Jason Dickinson. And that's something I think can make the Blackhawks hopeful for the rebuild. We'll get into that in a little bit. I want to remind you that Blackhawks Live is sponsored by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet, you get. Lucas Reichel is going to be on this road trip for the Hawks. They're going to Detroit, Florida, Tampa Bay. There's some big opponents coming up on that road trip. Earlier this year, the Blackhawks did not want Lucas Reichel taking on big, strong opponents like that. Luke Richardson thinks he's ready. We'll tell you why after this. Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. In the 11 games that Lucas Reichel played with the Blackhawks last year, there wasn't too much to celebrate, but I do hope that Hawks fans are starting to understand that not everybody's development is going to be completely linear. It's not going to be just a gradual step-by-step improvement each and every day. Not everyone is Jonathan Taves. Not everyone is Patrick Kane that can come to the NHL, make an impact right away, and just get better each and every game. It's going to take time. It's going to take up and down development. And so far, we've seen a lot more coming from Lucas Reichel, and I think that's credit to the experience that he's gotten down in Rockford, which the Hawks have been completely transparent with him every time they've sent him back down. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. Lucas Reichel is on the upcoming road trip for the Hawks. Again, they're taking on Detroit, Florida, and Tampa Bay. He's a a smaller guy. His biggest thing this past offseason was bulking up, getting stronger, so that he could hold his own in the NHL. Well, coming up, the Blackhawks are taking on two bigger teams in Florida and Tampa Bay. And again, they're on the road, so they don't get the last lineup change. So typically, this is where we see Lucas Reichel get sent back down. But he's on the road trip. And after practice today, I asked Luke Richardson why he's confident in Lucas Reichel this go-around against some bigger competition. Last night, I think he had one kind of play. And it's not a soft play. It was, I thought, more fancy play. It was one of the first shifts in the first period. A puck came up. And he's been so good on the walls. Uh, in that red zone, he just tried to do a little one foot up, a little one tick, and it didn't. It just went over the blue line, but they got the puck, went back in, he had to play the D zone. So all the coaches were chomping at the bit, waiting for him to get off. We were fighting over each other who was getting to him first. And uh, and he came in, he already knew, he could see the red in his cheeks, and we're like, right, right, so, you know, that, that's not for here, not for this league, not for you. You're too good of a player. Take that puck, skate it, create some ice, and uh, make a stronger play. He scored not long after by making a stronger play because Athaseneo and, and uh, Khrushchev killed a play in the D zone, which we're getting better at, and he, he just had the instinct and knows when to go and, and created that chance. And then probably about five minutes left in the game, he, he stole a puck in the D zone, skated to the red line, knew he couldn't get the red line to dump it in for a non-icing, and just had the, and he has a skill set and the ability. He lays a kind of alley-oop over the D's heads, close to their bench, uh, so we can get the change. That's just smart, intelligent hockey, and I know guys that have watched him play in, in Rockford the last few years, that's that's a big step for him, like to not try and stick out through four guys, turn the puck over, and get another point in the game where the team gets two. That's team first uh, thought process, and, and that's got to be every day, every game, every shift, and I think you're starting to see that from him. So. Also, there was another play in the third period just inside the blue line where I saw Kachuk not happy with the game, saw he was going to have to make a play standing still and charged at him. And he had enough confidence and calmness and ability to make another little airmail play and just absorb Kachuk as he hit him so he doesn't get blown over or hurt. And so that gives me confidence for him to know 
to have the awareness when someone like that's on the ice. So when he's in Tampa, Maroon's on the ice. He knows he's a big guy. He could hurt him if he's not paying attention and he catches him the wrong way. He's got to be aware of not just where the puck is, but who's on the ice and what type of players they are. And, and it's a bigger, physical, more physical league. But I, I like that play in the third period, or those two plays in the third period of just being conscious of us being playing with the lead and who's on the ice and protect yourself. So that shows some uh, maturity there in his game. Just another example of how detailed Luke Richardson gets with his answers. This is a dude that has well-thought-out responses to just about every question that the media asks him. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. And something I just want to echo off with Lucas Reichel, and actually that whole top line for that matter, which Hawks' new top line features Lucas Reichel, Philip Kurashev playing center, and Andreas Athanasiu. Kurashev kind of forced into this new role where Luke Richardson wants to see him make quicker decisions because he doesn't want to use the stigma of playing over in Europe where there's a whole lot more ice and you have more time to make decisions, but he wants Philip Kurashev to become more adapt to the NHL style of, yeah, things happen just a little bit quicker, and he wants to make sure he can capitalize on things like that. Kurashev with a goal last night by doing that, not overthinking things, driving in, scoring the game's first goal, and just having that shoot-first mentality right away. Lucas Reichel starting to see these improvements from a combination of, again, his experience that he's been gaining down in Rockford, becoming the best hockey player he can in the AHL. I don't think that's a finished product yet. That's why we will will still see Lucas Reichel down in Rockford once again. But his... Goal last night on the feed from Athanasiu. I mean, that's him showing off. That's him strutting his stuff, right? Showing off his feathers. That is his offensive skill. That's part of the ceiling of Lucas Reichel. It's not the ceiling. It's part of it, though, what he's capable of offensively. And you're starting to see that confidence become a little bit more consistent with him offensively. Luke Richardson said he's really been liking him along the boards, too. But just his awareness on the ice is becoming a lot more evident. And I think a big part of that is his ability to just take constructive criticism and learn from coaches and not just think he's the man, even though he's the Hawks' top prospect right now. He's taking all this in stride. And so far, it's it's really been paying off. Athanasiu, with a couple of points in last night's game, still want to see a little bit more of a, a better finish coming from him. And Luke Richardson has, has echoed that as well. Because his speed is there. He's he's one of, if not the fastest guy in the NHL. But sometimes that speed is hurting him. So hopefully that connection with Kurashev and Reichel, who are also two fast guys, they can bottle it up, bottle it up the right way that they need to in, in order to totally utilize Andreas Athanasiu. Because his will, his energy, all that's there. It's just the finish that's holding him back just a little bit as of late. Anders Bjork was picked up again from Buffalo for future considerations. Three assists in last night's game, but three primary assists. And another thing that he's been doing well, like the rest of this Blackhawks squad, especially the newcomers, is they just all look in sync. They all seem in sync. On his primary assist on one of the Seth Jones goals, you know, there was an opportunity for him to bat it in to the right of Mad Sogard. But he, but he 
couldn't handle the puck quite well. He had to settle it down, but he didn't panic. And then he's just able to feed Seth Jones, who's crashing towards the net, which is a new aspect of his game that he's been seeming a lot more confident in as of late, especially after the All-Star break. Just focusing a little bit more offensively, but not making it his whole game. He's still doing a lot of great things defensively. But it's great to see that calm, cool collectedness coming from Anders Bjork, who's taking advantage of this new situation, who's coming over to this Hawks team and just soaking it all in. I mentioned earlier, Anders Bjork, Sam Lafferty, Jason Dickinson, these are all guys that Kyle Davidson acquired not willy-nilly, but not risking anything. And I think that shows how good his evaluation can be. Hopefully that can continue. we got to get to news with David Jennings. Kaylee Chelios joins us, and we're giving away pizza before we wrap up Blackhawks Live. Stick with us here on 720 WGN. During last night's 5 nothing victory over the Ottawa Senators, it was International Women's Day at the United Center. So our very own Kaylee Chelios was in between the benches. You see her on TV, you hear her here on WGN Radio, and last night did a great job breaking the game down in between the Hawks and Senators' benches. Kaylee, what's up? How are you? Hey, Joe. I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me on tonight. And I was very excited to... What a game to be between the benches. Um, Yes, it was great to be a part of International Women's Day recognition, and then... 5 nothing win and tons of action between the benches for sure with the way that game panned out. Yeah, I mean, you probably had the best view out of anybody there. Was that the best <laughs> game that the Blackhawks have played this year? Honestly, it was the most impressive game that the Blackhawks have played this year. I mean, I, I went into that thinking there's new personnel, the PK was struggling, you're going to have to develop chemistry and get to know each other better, and like nobody... It, it, the way this team works, they just outworked Ottawa and they won puck battles. They were pretty good about not turning puck over, turning the puck over between the blue lines, but it was incredible. I mean, I remember talking to Luke Richardson that morning and he was saying, you know, as far as the keys to the game, giving us a little scouting report, you know, we're not going to go five for five on the PK against a team like that. They had a really lethal power play and the Hawks went four for four and Alex Stalock was, unstoppable in the first period so it was from top to bottom uh the most complete win probably of the season and the most impressive for me as far as you know what I expected and what some of these new high character players um were able to do in that game they just they they performed so well against one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League and that's that's a big upset and all those extracurricular activities you were talking about. Any... Oh my gosh, I've never seen anybody <laughs> quite like Brady Chuck, Brady could chalk up close like that. I mean, I can only imagine back in the day what teams were like when teams would go down 5 nothing, and you'd start to feel the animosity brewing. But like Brady Kachuk, is, he's so good for the game. He's so emotional. He's just a wrecking ball. He comes off the, the ice and he's mad every shift that they're not winning. And, you know, he's starting it. He's getting into it with Alex Taylock. He's getting into it with Jared Denorty. Um, That was the most uh, entertaining player for sure um, to get to watch up close like that, just the the back and forth and all the stuff that you can't really repeat on TV was was really funny to watch between them and, and entertaining. So it was a great game and really impressive to see the Hawks keep their composure and stay Stay patient and, and close out with a, a shutout win. 
Well, I love the respect from Alex Stalock, too. I mean, it, it was mm-hmm. right before Kachuk got booted out. It was those two. Kachuk wanted a piece of Stalock, and, and Stalock was <laughs> kind of just teasing the whole situation. But then when he talked with us in the locker room afterwards, he said, oh, he's an emotional player. It's good for the game. It, you know, he, he totally stuck to uh, being the, the total hockey guy. But any chance you mm-hmm. caught any dialogue at all from, from any of those skirmishes that were going on? I did, but honestly, it was, it was it was just so in the moment, you know, like Brady Kachuk's hanging around an extra second or two in the blue paint every time he's on the ice the last seven minutes of the game. So you know something's going to happen. Great thing that they had Jared Chinorty in there as well because England, unfortunately, got injured early yeah. and, and left the ice because he kind of brings that physical bite uh, in his game, too, that Chinorty does. But I, I'm not sure exactly what... You know, it, honestly, everything in that game, just the way it happened, was upsetting Ottawa. It didn't matter what it was. Brady could have skated, you know, a foot off the, the goal line and still been going at it with Alex Stalock. It was just funny the commercial break happened, and the two of them, Alex is just getting the water, skating around, you know, jawing at him, and he's loud. You can hear him without a mic, no problem. And Brady's going right back at him. So then the next shift, you know, Brady hangs out in the blue paint a little bit longer, and there, there they start to go. And you know, Brady at that point, the the officials have to get in there and really take control of the game and manage it. And they kick all three Ottawa Senators players off the ice. Brady and I can't remember who it was that got into it with Jujar Kara uh, in that shift too. They're just all trying to bring each other into the fight, but at that point, it had gotten out of hand, and it was just a matter of managing the game at that point. Ottawa was done and Daylight doesn't shy away. He's he's just talk. He's got the gift for gab and he's entertaining. He's funny. He'll call you out whether you're a medical trainer or, you know, you're Brady Kachuk, you're gonna hear it from him. Yeah, you could definitely see the frustration from all the Ottawa Senators as that game just continued and continued and I mean they outplayed the Hawks in the first period, but the oh, Hawks yeah. had the only goal of it and then just kinda of ran with it. I'm interested in what you think has been the key for not not so much the offense because I know they only scored one goal against Nashville two games ago. But post trade deadline, this does not look like a team that has been pretty much depleted of all their main point scorers. This looks like a team that has chemistry that knows where the other guy is going to be when they pass the puck. What, what do you attribute all that to? Because it's it's happened so naturally and so quickly. Well, and I think against Nashville that, like, it wasn't necessarily the case where they, like, knew where each other was going to be. They knew each other's tendencies. They could kind of anticipate where they were going to be, whether it's the power player or the PK. They just didn't quite have that. But I was just so impressed by the, the huge leap they took against Ottawa. They went from, you know, maybe being a half second behind and having some breakdowns defensively or on the PK, you know, guys not really being in the right positions and getting sticks in lanes and 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 all of a sudden they play Ottawa and they're pretty much doing everything to a T. I mean, they Bjork comes in and he, that's a an area the penalty kill that he really wanted to hone in on and Kevin Dean had him in Boston and so he's, you know, worked closely with him already watching film and trying to get uh, right into their system and structure, play a little bit more aggressive to make it easier on them because the longer they're going to hang out killing penalties, the harder it's going to be for them. The same thing defensively, the longer they allow teams to hang around in their zone defense, the harder it's going to be for them. So I really think they bought into the coaching staff. Like they just have a presence um, for Kyle Davidson, not just being 
you know, a fast player and, and being able to move north south. It, it's also about being a high character player. And that's what I look at when I look at Jake McCabe or Sam Lafferty, who they dealt away. And then they bring in Bjork, who I had a number of friends uh, who work around hockey that just said he's one of the nicest guys around, homegrown Wisconsin. Uh, Gutman, you know, extremely high character, high IQ. They brought in just a lot of high IQ, hardworking players that have that extra. Um, element to them that can change a culture around a team pretty quickly. They can build a, a successful winning culture, even when you're at the bottom of the standing. So to me, it's just been the high, the, the high character players they brought in and then the work ethic that's come with that. And it's, it's the National Hockey League. It's a cliche, but any team can beat you. And this is going to be a game that Ottawa looks back at and thinks, you know, we dropped the ball. They should have got a point out of this game probably, but um, Chicago, they've just, they've bought in. And I think the Hawks have been a really, really resilient team given what just happened after trade deadline. Well, and going back to some of Anders Bjork's attributes and a few of the other guys that Kyle Davidson has acquired, I could be reading too much into it. And again, it's, it's fresh off a three point game for Bjork, but to me, Kaylee, this does seem like a reoccurring theme where Kyle Davidson is able to spot guys in other organizations that just might not be the right fit, and when he brings them over here, they come to fruition. Sam Lafferty, Jason Dickinson, Anders Bjork. I get it. It's only three guys. I get it. It's a small sample size for Bjork. But if Hawks fans are putting so much faith in this rebuild, the next step is the drafting, the evaluating players, and the developing of players. But the small sample size that we've gotten so far proves to me that Kyle Davidson and his staff know who they want, and for the most part, they're hitting on who they want. Yeah, and they have to build leaders from within now. So Seth Jones is obviously going to probably have to step up and on the ice, off the ice, be a big leader in the room. But then you look at players like Bjork, again, high character. And um, from what I understand, you know, he's, he does a lot. He does a lot of things really well and penalty killing, you know, at even strength, but it's just bringing in players that can create a culture of like hardworking and positive energy and just wanting to have fun. Joey Anderson, same thing. His brother plays for the Los Angeles Kings. He's a little bit closer to home now, being a homegrown guy from Minnesota. Uh, you know, Derek Plant coached against, or excuse me, was one of the coaches for Minnesota Duluth when they won national championships. He oh, recruited yeah. Joey Anderson and his brother. Um, so they have that familiarity. Bjork's cousin uh, was Eric Condra, who's a big part of the Blackhawks player development um, coaching staff and development staff. So he's here, and he, he graduated from Notre Dame as well, the same as Anders Bjork, but 10 years prior. So there's some familiarity there as well, and there's just, you know, there's certainly a, there's, there's a lot of integrity in the, the type of people they're bringing in and the commitment to wanting to, to bring in a winning culture and really – I know fans hope maybe it's going to be a five-year rebuild. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know who we're going to get in the draft. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, you have to bring in complementary players that are going to help achieve your goals faster. And, you know, right now it's, it's going to be building and developing from within, but you also have to bring in pieces like Gust who can come in and score a goal on his first shift and have this incredible feel-good story uh, that can have the effects, especially in this market, People, players want to come to Chicago 
and just have a, a really positive effect on the group. And that also is uh, true for the coaching staff. I, I don't think you can look much farther when you think about high character and people who are well-respected than Luke Richardson and the staff that uh, he's been working with all year. They have such uh, great leadership qualities, and uh, everybody that I've talked to, just not enough great things to say about this group. Totally agree. Joey Anderson's mom, also a former professional racquetball player and uh, played a lot of tournaments. <laughs> he told us the other day she played a lot of <laughs> tournaments in Chicago and uh, big reason why the Hawks are her favorite team growing up. So he actually does have some roots with the Hawks. Uh, Kaylee, just one more before we let you go. And again, thank you. I, I know you're out to dinner, so I appreciate you stealing away some time for us. Um, Yesterday was International Women's Day, but you're a part of this broadcast crew. It's not like, hey, we, we need somebody for International Women's Day. No, it's, oh, let's throw in Kaylee in between the benches because of everything she's brought on the table all year long. But honestly, is that one of the more fun things about the job? I know you've done it with ESPN and you've excelled there too, but you do a great job with John Wideman on radio, but is in between the benches just kind of a different animal? It just gives you such a different perspective. How fun is it? It's so fun. I mean, I remember the advice I got from Colby Cohen, who's usually between the benches. He's like, oh, bring a coat. You know, it's chilly down there. I wear wool socks. And I was like, I'm wearing stilettos. No chance am I wearing wool socks down there. But I did not need a coat. I was, like, hot off adrenaline. It was so fun. It's exciting. It's a very different vantage point. It's it's way different. You're not trying to break down and call the game because you have a different vantage point. You're trying to bring to the fans and, and to to the broadcast what they can't see because from ice level, essentially. So you're trying to complement the broadcast there. So there's a lot of in- enjoyment in that because I get to watch the game. I get to listen to Chris and Troy the whole time or Chris and Patrick Sharp call the game, and I'm seeing it from a different vantage point that whole time. I'm, I'm hearing all the conversations between the players right there. I'm seeing little things on the benches and picking that up, and it's just fun. It's an adrenaline rush. The game goes by so fast when you're down there because it's just exciting, and I don't think I could have picked a better game as far as, I don't know if smack talking's outdated, but chirping and, you know, players getting into it, dropping F-bombs and just being super emotional. Um, you know, I feel like I, I got a really great uh, experience, and it was a really fun game and a great game for the Hawks. 5 nothing. Seth Jones, his skating ability up close like that with that six foot five, six foot six frame, uh, what he was able to do against the Senators too, watching that at ice level, uh, something I haven't done all year and I've had very limited experience being able to do. So I'm really grateful to the Blackhawks and Jamie Faulkner, um, Trevor Bray and everybody who was really supportive and giving me a chance to get down there for International Women's Day because I think representation is so important and I got to interview a great panel of women, including the assistant GM, Megan Hunter, earlier that day. And I just remember thinking if I was 13 or 14 and I saw Megan Hunter in an executive role, what I would have done to to be her at that time. And even now, I'm like, oh, I want to be you. It's cool. Like, what you're doing at trade deadline, um, you know, what you're doing in general. And it's it's just really exciting. So I'm, I'm really grateful. It was a great game to be a part of. No, for sure. That's so cool. And I did see it crack up at one point. I, I think it was when uh, there was the fracas going on in front of the Hawks bench, but I, I saw you uh, laughing pretty hard, so it was just pretty cool to, to see you <laughs> fully invested in the moment and uh, showing your emotion I could there. not get enough of Brady Kachuk. I mean, he is the real deal. If you didn't want to play in Ottawa, you do because you want to be teammates with Brady Kachuk. He's just 
an animal out there. So emotional, like so unhinged, exciting, young. He's a captain. Like I, I absolutely loved watching him and seeing him get kicked off the ice and punching the glass like a boxer who's going to break his hand. <laughs> like no regard for his hand in that moment. It was it was fun. It was a lot of fun and great to see the talent and the size and the speed of the game at that at that level. That is cool. Well, great job as always. You're right. Representation does matter. So congrats on doing such a great job representing Kaylee. And uh, keep up the great work. We'll see you in a couple of days. Thank you, Joe. Can't wait. And I will happily step out to dinner anytime to speak with you. It's always a great time. Yeah. I love working with you in the booth with Weideman. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, please tell your guests I apologize for keeping you so long, but thank you again. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Catch up with you soon. All right. That is Kaylee Chelios. You hear her on the broadcast here on the radio. You hear her and see her on the broadcast on television. Big thanks to her and the Hawks for uh, saving some time for us. Uh, we're going a little late, but uh, for good reason. Great chat with Kaylee. We do have some pizzas to give away. 312-981-7200. Since we're talking so much about Anders Bjork, he is from Wisconsin. The Hawks played in Wisconsin this preseason. Who did they play? 312-981-7200. First four callers with the right answer. Win pizza from Brew Pub Pizza. Our friends over at Lots and Matza helping us out. Uh, again, who did the Hawks play in Wisconsin during the preseason? 312-981-7200. Oh, boy. Phone lines are lighting up. We'll wrap up Blackhawks Live next, 720 WGN. Every week we give away Brew Pub Lots of Matzo Pizza coupons. Find Brew Pub Lots of Matzo Pizza in the frozen section of your local retailer. Our question this week was, who did the Blackhawks play in Wisconsin this year during the preseason? Jim from Stager has the answer. Jim, who did the Hawks play? Yeah, with the Minnesota Wild. It was, Jim. Hey, Jim, how do you like your pizza? Uh, Chicago-style love. What else? Is there else All right, that's good enough for me. Congratulations, Jim. You won a free Brew Pub Lots and Lots of Pizza coupon. Again, find Brew Pub Lots and Lots of Pizza in the frozen section of your local retailer. Jim was our first winner. Jason, Ken, and Chris are also going home with some pizza coupons. Big thanks to Kaylee Chelios. Big thanks to Jack Heinrich, not only for tonight, but last night stepping in and producing the Hawks game. Always a team player here on 720 WGN. Hawks' next game is against Detroit tomorrow night in Detroit, 6.30 puck drop, 6 o'clock pregame, right here on 720 WGN.